Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast designed to help you live your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day. I am your host, Ron Kaiser. I'm a positive health psychologist and also author of the award-winning and best-selling book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. My website is The Mental Health Gym. It's your source of information for all things related to positive psychology, my concept of goal-achieving psychology, rejuvenating, and lots of other things. We hope that you'll visit frequently interact with us, make suggestions, including suggestions for podcast guests. As listeners to the podcast know, our podcasts tend to feature special individuals who lead their own lives enthusiastically and can help us with leading different aspects of our lives in an enthusiastic, positive, goal-oriented manner. And today's guest is no different. She's actually very special. Denise Savitson is a speaker, author, adventurer, champion of change, and an empowerment coach. And she's dedicated to help others create a life filled with joy and purpose by understanding, embracing, and practicing her seven daily principles of living. Following her own experience with personal loss, culminating in a tragic accident that claimed the lives of three family members, She embarked on a personal pilgrimage, her own Walden Pond experience, retreating to an isolated cabin in Tennessee to read, study, reflect, and identify practices that would propel her toward a life of greater joy and abundance. During that time, she was inspired to compose seven affirmations that have become part of her daily practice. These pillars of truth have helped her to move past negative emotions and destructive habits to a place of purpose, joy, and abundance. She shares these affirmations and other lessons that she's learned along the way in books, online courses, and coaching to help others find their greater purpose and a life of joy and abundance. And so it doesn't take a lot of imagination to recognize that Denise and I are kindred spirits oriented toward living lives in the most positive, enthusiastic way. And Denise, it is such a pleasure to welcome you to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Thank you so much, Ron. It's a pleasure to be here. And and I love, love, love the title of your book and just your focus on how to get through the world. I love it. Thank you. And as I said, we're kindred spirits. But we may have gotten to this point in different ways, and we might also be spending our days slightly differently. When I read an introduction that has lots of different things listed, I always wonder, and I suspect some listeners who are dealing with with one job kind of wonder, you know, what do you do when you get up in the morning? How do you spend your day? Well, I start by getting up really early. My day starts usually a late morning would be four o'clock. Yeah, I can't promise that I'll be around at 10 o'clock at night. I'm usually asleep by then. But I think that's kind of part of this is, you know, what you're born with. And that is I was an early morning person. I've got a lot of energy and I love change. And so when I love change, you wake up in the morning, the sun's coming up. I love the sunrises. I get up in the morning and I start my day by just saying I'm so excited to see what 
what unfolds today. And, you know, there's planning in it, but it, there's also the little piece that says, I'm going to accept whatever happens to come my way. Okay, that's really interesting to hear. And I believe, since I know a little bit about you, that this wasn't always the way that you did things, that you had other kinds of jobs in your background, other careers. I'm always interested in when people get to this point and they're very special and have an influence on others, always interested in their journey to get there. So can you tell us a little bit about it beyond uh, kind of the, the resume that I introduced you with? Yeah, so I, I was a Midwest girl, kind of not a farmer, but we were involved in farming. My dad owned an implement business and kind of started out the way a lot of people do. You go to college, you come out with a plan for how life is going to unfold. And mine went that way. I married a farmer. And then we just had a series of, you know, stumbles in the road, starting with the loss of our farm, which in a small community is a really traumatic experience of shame and just defeat. And that's maybe what started it because you kind of start picking yourself up and saying, this is okay, I can get past this, what's next? Ultimately had a divorce come into it. And I think as we talked about afterwards, I had a very tragic kind of shakes the planet for you kind of experience when there was a car accident that took my mom, my dad, and the sister I was left in the coma then for four years. So those were the bumps along the road, but you know, along the road also just being a seeker, someone who was interested in learning and growing and the idea that there can be choice in both how you accept change and how you make it through change and how you grow. I like to say, I believe wisdom is a choice. You make a choice to get wise and then you start paying attention to the signs. So I hope I'm getting a little wiser along the way too. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously really sorry about the loss after all these years. But I know living in your own body, there are probably some things that came naturally to you. But I'm wondering, not everybody moves from there to a real growth experience. What do you think has made you so resilient? That's a hard thing to say. Can someone learn to be resilient? I think that when we start to approach life with, and that maybe is where my seven affirmations came from, and it happened during that Walden Pond, as you said in my introduction, I made a conscious effort to say, I'm going to step back from the rat race kind of, of everything. And I went to this cabin in Tennessee by myself. It was pretty much in the wilderness. I wasn't there for an entire year as a hermit by myself, but I would come in and out. I'd written a book. And at that time, I was doing a lot of reading and a lot of reflection, which is one of the things that I think it takes to be resilient. You start to change the lens on how we look at, at disaster or tragedy or any instance in life that may be not according to our plan. Part of finding the purpose also is just starting to change the lens a little bit, add a filter here to say, oh yeah, well, nobody makes it out of here alive, right? So let's embrace it and know that we're going to live the life we have. That's kind of the one of impermanence. And then as I was reading and the reflections and reading Walden Pond was a big part of it, getting back to nature and, and finding connections in all sorts of ways, living the life experience, I guess. So out of that experience came 
the seven affirmations. Can you tell us a little bit about those and what they do for you? The seven affirmations were interesting, and I, I have been kind of on that seeker path my whole life. Like, what is this about? What am I supposed to be here doing? Where's my purpose? I maybe didn't find that the straight road as quickly as a lot of people do, but I was always searching and raised in a Catholic family. And then during my early years and actually leading after the tragedies, the losses, really became interested in all sorts of religions. It was not just Christianity, but I learned about some Buddhism and Hindu and Judaism. And I tried to boil them all together and figure out what worked for me from a Walden Ponds perspective as well, too. So the seven affirmations, as I was doing a lot of meditating, they actually kind of came to me or through me or something like that. I woke up at my three o'clock hour, I call it kind of the bewitching hour, and there's little taps on your shoulder. And that was what happened to me. I got up and I started writing and the seven affirmations came out as part of a book that I was writing. So these are meditation affirmations that I do as part of my daily practice. And I share them with anybody that's interested in them. And I've had a lot of people that say they've really made a difference for them because they kind of serve as guideposts or gentle reminders of how you'd like to step forward into the day. Well, do you do it? Is it like, you know, meditators might have a specific time that they do it? There are others who, when they have free time, they do it. Is there a proper way to do these? And is there a way you do it, whether it's the proper way or not? Yeah, Yeah, I can't say what's going to be right for anybody else because it's such an individual experience. For me, these are a daily practice. I will use them as I sit down for reflection or my meditation in the morning. I'll say them at night. Oftentimes when I'm going through a really kind of, tough time or I've got a bad attitude, I might go back to like there's gratitude and just remembering how important gratitude is and how to be that person that someone else can be grateful for. So I want to be grateful for coffee in my cup and air conditioning, but I also want to act in such a way that somebody will say, well, I'm grateful for something that I've brought to their life. And that's how I use gratitude in in my daily practice. Can you give us kind of the short course on it? There's probably a real way to learn it that goes beyond what we can do on a podcast. But if you can give us a short course, that that would be great. Absolutely. So the first one is, as I said earlier, is impermanence. And it's really just the idea that we have a gift of a finite number of years in the world. And when we treat it as a gift, then we make the most of every experience. We make the most of every moment. So that's really the first one. And then there's gratitude that really comes in the form of everything. It's not only taking time to really be grateful for all the goodness that comes, but finding gratitude in all things. I can be grateful for a husband. The marriage might not have worked out, but he brought a lot of learning to my life. And so the gratitude and those as well, one that's actually authentic connection, which in this times of COVID is so important also and I see this from the very young, the 13 to 17 year old to our college age, 21 year old daughter who can't go to college her senior year, you know, can't be on campus, but also to some of the elderly around. And that authentic connection can come in so many different forms, but I think it's critical to the human experience in living it fully and living with joy. 
And that is oftentimes, you know, they say how important pets are. Get out in nature, walk in nature. I encourage a lot of my clients that I'm coaching to just reach out and make a connection each day. It's surprising how many people won't make one connection a day, but often it can just be being really present with the person that you've just ordered a coffee to go from. Taking that minute to actually connect versus just pass by. One of the affirmations is non-attachment. That sounds like it's a very obvious one. I'm not going to get attached to my house, my car, my, you know, things in life. But it can also be not getting attached to labels that keeps us in boxes instead of enabling an opportunity for change. Letting go of shame or letting go of bad memories and not holding on to try to get too attached to what you expect the world to be or what you expect to be. That's a pretty powerful one. The affirmation of change, understanding that change is just part of our life. It just is. It's a natural part of life. And when we're open to it, it's kind of like the karate, you know, where the power comes forward. And when you can just accept it, there's a lot less struggle in that. Change is an important one. And and particularly during these times, there's an affirmation of inner knowing. I think that this is something really interesting in this day of digital and internet and always on, you know, earbuds. And we walk in the house and we turn the TV on and we get in the car and we turn the radio on. And what I believe is that it causes kind of a chaos or clutter so that we're not able to hear what's really in our hearts. There's actually, I believe, within each of us an inner knowing, our intuition. And when we're so focused on music in the background and people in our ear talking and news on the TV, we lose touch with that. And so part of staying in touch with joy or keeping that approach to joy and purpose means that we've got to give time for our inner knowing. And finally, mindful responsibility, because it's a little bit of that butterfly effect that whatever we do is going to impact people close to us and then throughout the world. And as we're acting mindfully, aware that everything we do touches someone else, then it it can be a, a really good thing. So that's the seven affirmations. Boy, that's tremendous. Where can people find out about them? I mean, it sounds good, and it, I'm sure that some people will say, geez, I want, want to know more, how, how they learn more about it. Yeah, I believe it's up there now that you can actually download a PDF of the affirmations. I've recorded them so you can hear my recording of them on my website, denisesavitson.com or awakentojoy.com. When does a person, what clues should he or she be aware of when they say that, hey, it's time to do something about getting my life in shape. In other words, I think for many of the people that I see, they haven't ha- gone through you know, a major trauma or aren't going through a tremendous stressor. I mean, we all are these days. But the fact is, I think there are a lot of people who just aren't the people they can be. And some people settle for that. I'm just wondering what kinds of clues should people be looking for when they should think in terms of seeking out somebody like you and the things that you promote? We're seeing it a lot. I'm sure you're seeing it in your work. I know that for me, my husband's in the music business, and I always go back to this, you know, with musicians or people in the music business, a lot of times 
the signs they'll show first are the ones that are within the little things in the daily life. So maybe a little too much drinking, a little too much red wine at night, you know, the shopping, I'm seeking happiness outside of myself instead of in myself. So I'm going to buy something, you know, Amazon's getting very wealthy with all of us feeling a little frustrated these days. I think that the overindulging in things that are not bringing you to a positive place, it might be drinking, it might be eating, it might be whatever gets you outside of yourself. That's kind of a tip to say, it might be time to go back inside, get connected first with yourself, which is such a critical thing to do. And I think even sometimes, you know, you'll see people be a little less patient with their loved ones. That's always kind of a clue to, I think that there's something not I always think of the lobster when it's time to shed that lobster shell. It's going to get a little uncomfortable. That's a good analogy. Thank you for that. Although our podcast reaches a broad age range, I'm particularly interested in any advice that you may have for people who are in my age range and the older adult age range, because a lot of people reach that point without having given much thought to what it's going to be like. And as such, you know, they're not doing badly, but they don't seem to have a sense of purpose. And for many of them, they will retire and live decades longer, which is a long time to be living without enthusiasm or a sense of purpose. I agree. And I think it was one of the reasons I was so impressed with your podcast and and your work that you're doing. My father-in-law is 85. My mother-in-law is 95. And she had to go into a physical therapy rehabilitation place right before COVID. And she's stuck there now. So he's dealing with that a lot, that separation, a lot of the same stuff. But I heard something the other day, and I can't remember where it was, but it basically said your legacy is the difference you've made in someone's life. And so for me, no matter what age you are, I might not become president, I might not want to of the United States, but that may not be my purpose. If I can even for one day help someone else see their worth, see their value, that's a pretty cool purpose. It's a pretty valuable purpose. And I think I go back to that a lot. I wrote a blog piece the other day about a guy named Curtis Jenkins. Curtis is the coolest guy in the world. He's a bus driver. We started out as a bus driver a couple of years ago. CBS Sunday Morning did a, a program on him. And he had made such a difference in his, you know, 60 little passengers every day. He'd buy gifts for him and he made him feel special and he gave him a role. And he was a bus driver. And he said, you walk with purpose while you're walking to your purpose. And I thought that was beautiful. So I think for regardless of the age, I don't care if you're 12 and you make a difference in somebody's day and how they feel about themselves, or you are able to make somebody feel special. That's a pretty important purpose. Yeah. And there are certainly in this world, there are lots of people who could benefit from being made special. And there are a lot of people who are in a position to help them do so. And there's really good science behind the fact that if you help others, there's this thing known as a helper's high but also, you know, that again, there's really good science to demonstrate that the person doing the helping benefits as much or sometimes more than the person being helped. And it's not something that 
requires any particular license or certificate or any special skill. So I'm really glad that you brought this out. It's a really important message for our listeners. I'm just wondering if we could get a little bit of a summary of some of the things that you do, some of the projects you've got going for you, some of the products that you may have for others, either present or contemplated or online or not, or can you tell us between coaching, writing, all these kinds of things, what concrete things can people get from you? Absolutely. Well, I do my writings. I have a Facebook group, so I work with groups of people throughout the year and kind of deal with some of these issues when they've got questions. I have an online course that should be coming out here in October. It was planned for earlier and some life got in the way, so I'm hoping for October. It'll be a course called Awaken to Joy. And it really is about using these seven affirmations to find a place of greater joy. I have a book out that is in the process of a new edition put out, but the book is called The Bountiful Garden, and it's available now on Amazon or any online store. It's both hard copy and digital Kindle. And that's really was the beginning of this whole thing was I spent some time writing a book after my parents' accident. This is what came of it. And then, of course, I do my coaching. I've got my website and my blog, and I stay busy. Yeah, it sounds like it. The website is what again? It's denisezadison.com. Yeah, or Awaken to Joy. That's sometimes easier to remember and a whole lot easier to spell. <laughs> Awakentojoy.com. And how about the Facebook group? Everything's at Denise Davidson. Real easy if we can remember those two things. Denise <laughs> Davidson and Awaken to Joy should be able to find you and gain a whole lot from you. And, you know, it's really been, speaking of joy, a real joy speaking with you today. We've gained a lot. I've learned a lot. The seven affirmations are things I've got to really start, you know, adding to my daily rituals to try and while I'm, I'm doing some of this stuff on a haphazard basis, it sounds like a really organized way. And I've always found with meditation, with affirmations and so on, that if you really make it part of your life and you do it for two or three weeks, it can become, you know, part of your life. And it's just so much more beneficial. It's kind of like if you go to the gym on certain days of the week, you're more likely to keep going to the gym on certain <laughs> days. I am really, really happy that we were able to get together and go through this on this podcast. It's really a great benefit to our listeners. And thanks very much for appearing, Denise. I can only say it's been a joy one more time. Well, thank you. I feel the same way. It's been fabulous talking to you. Thank you. And so this has been Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Our guest has been Denise Savitson. Hope that you enjoy the podcast. Hope you will rate it, subscribe to our podcast, visit the Mental Health Gym. And if you haven't gotten your copy of Rejuvenating, The Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm, we hope you'll do so. Thanks very much for listening in and look forward to seeing you next time spreading the word of, to use Denise's term, joy, to really improve our lives, live them with enthusiasm, and move forward. Take care, and until the next podcast, this is Dr. Ron Kaiser signing off.